Hello and welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe, and I'm a woman on a mission to share the inner workings of a sensitive soul. If you are a highly sensitive person, I feel you, I see you, I hear you. I've joked about being a recovering people pleaser, but it's not much of a joke because it's totally true. Recovering people pleaser, recovering perfectionist, um, recovering procrastinator. And you know, a lot of these things is because I'm a highly sensitive person. And so different emotions would completely knock me over. I'd lose my sense of identity. I'd lose, I would, I would go into holes of depression or go into like manic episodes of being obsessed with different things. And like, there's nothing like I could cope and it was fine, but there was a easier way to live more harmonious and and connected with the world around me of not letting things be so drastic and so extreme. But the truth is we have a lot of things that we will experience or have experienced that are heartbreaking, that are soul crushing, especially when we start to look in the mirror and realize how much of the things in our life were caused by our own decisions. You know, it's like, "Mm, that sweet, delicious taste of consequences of our own actions. Oh yeah. So that's why, you know, talking about self-love and being obsessed with this world around self-love automatically means we talk about the things that we don't want to love. You know, how do we, the, the sides of sinning or making mistakes or, you know, the feeling of letting ourselves down or being treated like shit and being like, what the fuck happened? So this episode is, we're going to be talking about depression and how that can come about when there's a breakup. And so if anyone that has been experiencing a breakup, been experiencing heartbreak, experiencing loneliness, especially, you know, there tends to be a theme with a lot of listeners. And so maybe this is you. Tell me if this is you. Um, Getting out of an emotionally abusive relationship, um, mentally abusive, psychologically, like sometimes physically, pray to God not, But, you know, regardless, it's still abuse, no matter what. When someone's manipulating you um, and gaslighting you and telling you, like, that didn't happen, when you're like, yes, it did, you know, over time, we can start to question our own sanity, question our own self-worth, especially, you know, with these relationships that are often abusive. They're often the most electric, overwhelming sense of love as well. And that's why it's so confusing because there's two extremes of like the deepest passion and love and connection you've ever experienced in your life, but then whiplash into being treated like person that they hate, you know? Um, and so I don't know exactly what the situation is with you in your life, but there's common themes for women that are very empathetic and sensitive and, Um, sometimes the desire for empathy to imagine how other people are feeling can be so extreme that you are disassociating from who you are and really self-identifying with the needs of your partner, the needs of your family member. You know, this is where codependency is created. Okay. A little crash course on what's going on. (laughs) Why, why, um, you know, if you ever question like, why am I attracting men that are not who they say they are or that change over time or whatever else. And there are certain red flags we can start to look out for. You know, one of the biggest ones that I noticed that I actually would do and that other people I noticed would, you know, um, the main relationship that allows me to speak on this was like a very mentally, emotionally and once physically abusive relationship. And I learned about narcissism and I learned about, you know, a lot of different things within psychology that I thought 
he was crazy or I was crazy. I didn't know what was going on that no one would understand. And then my friend was in a psychology class and she's like, you need to look at this slide. And she sends me the slide bullet pointing what narcissistic personality style disorder is. And it was textbook. Everything I was experiencing in my relationship was textbook. And I felt so seen. I felt so heard. I felt so understood. And for the first time in a long time, I didn't feel crazy. I was like, it's not me. I'm not broken. Because, you know, if you're in an abusive relationship, anything that happens is shifted and morphed to become your fault, your inadequacies. You did something wrong. You need to change it. Or you, how did you not know that I didn't like that? You are horrible or whatever, right? It's toxic. And so this is for the woman or maybe the man, you know, that is no longer in that dynamic. And when we are in a dynamic for so long where we're so concerned about what someone else thinks of us because they're the ones that are, you know, kind of this passageway for the sense of love and belonging. Um, When they are then removed, it's like, who am I? Where now can I find that sense of love and belonging that I once got from my abusive past partner? And this is why it's confusing because there's a part of, you know, the mainstream conversation of like, fuck your ex, you should hate him. But what happens when you hate him, but part of you doesn't, right? Because there's a, there's often positive experiences. That's often why we stay with relationships because we're seeking that high we experienced with them in the beginning, hoping that maybe things will go back to how they were. And that, that was the biggest lie I told myself when I was staying in this abusive relationship was, I think things could get better. I think I can make things better, you know, and a big thing with people pleasing is this desire to control. And so it's like, maybe I can save him, help him change this. I know he's not a total asshole, you know, even though he was, you know, and the reason why is because we can see the innocence within other people, the inner child of like, oh, they're just hurt. And I understand them and no one else does. You know, and so in the beginning, it, it look look out for love bombing. In the very beginning, when you first meet someone and they're like, I've never met anyone like you. I've never felt this electric connection from anyone except you. Um, you're the love of my life. You're the one that I've been waiting for. You are my everything. I can't live without you. All of these very dramatic, extreme ways of saying I love you. And if, if you find you know, it's just for the future. Notice it. If someone starts acting like that in the very beginning, you know, within a week, within two weeks, that's a fucking red flag. That's a red flag because if someone's able to make you their entire world that quickly, then what the hell's going on within the rest of their world before they met you? Were they obsessing over someone else? Whatever. Okay. I'm going down a rabbit hole. I'm going down a rabbit hole. Um, so healing, how do we approach being ourselves by ourselves, creating love within ourselves for ourselves, right? First off, you don't have to completely do it alone. If you've been in an abusive relationship, then you've likely cut out a lot of your close relationships or they've cut you out because they didn't want to tolerate with your relationship. That is often what happens like because in abusive relationships, the abuser wants to isolate you from your friends and your family. And so now this is a time where you got to reconnect with your friends and family. You got to reconnect with the people that you had close relationships with before this relationship. And maybe there's some mending, right? Or some conversations that need to be had um, between you and whoever those people are, but have them clear the air, reconnect. Uh, Maybe it's 
there's nothing that's happened except a lot of silence over time. Be the one to make that first phone call. Focus out and ask them, how are you? You want to meet for lunch? You want to meet for coffee? You want to watch a movie? Let's hang out, right? Allow yourself to hang out with other people because it allows for the bigness within your own world right now that can sometimes feel so heavy and so dark. It reminds us how big the world is when we can connect with people outside of ourselves. If we can get out of our own pity party for a moment to connect with the world around us, it lifts our spirit. You know, it definitely does. And if you're in a place where you feel so depressed that you're like, I can't even get ready, get out of bed. Like, I don't know the extreme level, but I just want you to know I've been there with all of those things. When it's to the point of like, I can barely do the basics of showering, eating, you know, consuming liquids, what I need then you get to choose one thing. What's one thing you can do to take care of yourself? Maybe that one thing is taking a shower and grooming yourself. Maybe that one thing is taking a walk outside. And I know that when uh, there's so many like things of like, oh, you're depressed, go take a walk. And it's like the person who feels depressed is like, F you. Are you kidding me? Get the fuck out of my face. But it's so simple, but it really does make such a big difference. Is it going to heal all your problems? Is it going to transform you? No, it's not. But at least it's taking a step forward in the direction of feeling a little bit better because you deserve to feel better. You deserve to feel good. You deserve to feel at peace. You deserve to find and create peace. You deserve anything this world has to offer that you desire. And so if you desire to feel relief, if you desire to feel joy, if you desire to feel a sense of well-being and contentment, are you willing to move your feet? Are you willing to take action in that direction? Because when we are creating progress as humans, we are happy humans. And so we need to be making progress towards something. And I'm saying this almost like in a, a very direct harsh tone because these are the moments that I've needed someone to be like take my hand stand up take a fucking shower this pity party is over you have a life to live and even if you feel totally depressed or you feel totally sad like choose one thing to say like one thing to make progress on your self-care and your well-being maybe that's taking a walk maybe that's calling a friend maybe that's taking a shower maybe that's making your bed and tidying up your room because when our environment is tidied up we feel better When our environment reflects the chaos and the stress that we're feeling internally, it just makes it worse. And so do whatever you have to do to force yourself to take care of yourself in even the smallest of ways. Because what happens after you do that is a moment of pride. A moment of like progress, right? And when we're making progress, we're happy. A moment of like, maybe I can do this. Maybe it isn't going to stay this way. And I think that's one of the biggest lies we tell ourselves when we're feeling depressed is this is never going to end. I don't want to be here. I wish like, and I've had times where the moment I wake up, I wish the day was over so I could just lay in bed. Right. And it's sad and it sucks to be in that state, but it's the reality of being a human is we're going to experience times where we have to take our own hand and tell, tell ourselves what to do. Think of it like, you know, a, a kid. A kid never wants to take a shower. A kid never wants to get to school on time. A kid never wants to stop playing. A kid never wants to, you know, put down the, the Cheetos, like, right? You know, but why do they do it? Because the parent makes them. Because the parent sees the well-being of the child. And the parent says, no, we got to get to school. It's time to put your shoes on. Let's go. 
the parent says, hey, you've had enough. <laughs> it's time to put the Cheetos down. Or, hey, it's time to go to bed, and I know you don't want to because you want to stay up and play games, but it's time to go to bed, right? We have a parent that's enforcing all of these different um, structures and routines and rituals and, and disciplinary things to keep us together. But once we're adults and we don't have someone else doing that, sometimes the the scared inner child just, just leads everything. So we aren't showering, we're not eating well, you know, we're not taking care of ourselves, we're ignoring things, we're doing the bare minimum to not get in trouble, you know, with our work or jobs or whatever. So do one thing. Choose one thing. One thing that you can make yourself proud of, but also one thing that is progress. Because I found myself negotiating with myself when I was, okay, like I need to pull myself out of this. I was feeling super depressed. I got kind of sick and then being sick causes me to feel depressed. Like, so it was this thing of like, oh, just go for a walk up and down the street. But the negotiation within my mind was that's so lame. You used to go to the gym and work out so hard and now you're going to go for a walk right? My inner critic flared up. My inner critic came in to try and judge my small action of progress because it's not as big of progress as it's once been in the past. And that's a bunch of bullshit. Okay. That is the inner critic. That's like, Oh, what's the point? If you can't do it, great. Don't do it at all. And you know, sometimes we've been given that message. Like it kind of thing. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything, but let's look at it instead of like, is it progress? Yes or no? Is it more than I've been doing? Yes or no? Then it's enough. Because practicing having the conversation around it's enough. Guess what that directly translates towards? I'm enough. If my effort of what is in my capacity right now seems lame, then fuck them, right? <laughs> Sometimes you'd be saying fuck you to the inner critic. It's like, it's, if it's progress, it's progress. Because those little action steps allow us to build. I think all the time we're wanting these big, crazy jumps and leaps of change and transformation because we see it in the fucking movies. But that's not what life is like. Life is small, incremental changes over time. And for my personality style that wants everything to be fun and exciting and a fucking adventure, that was really hard for me to grasp because I wanted to see this big change and big progress or I didn't want to do anything. But that really creates this vicious cycle of self-deprecation, self-beat up, and just not feeling like I'm giving my all to my life, you know? And so how can you just take one action, do one thing? to alleviate some of the pressure you're putting on yourself. Because when we are stagnant and we are not moving, think about like water. If water is stagnant and there's no movement, it starts to get mold. It starts to get, um, you know, mossy. It starts to get gross, you know? And so the same thing happens with our emotions. Our emotions just feel gross when they're stagnant and we're stuck in a loop of thinking the same things, of feeling the same things, consuming the same things that are maybe negatively affecting us. You know, if you're smoking too much weed, you're smoking too much or drinking too much because it's alleviating something. It's alleviating a pain, you know, but other things that alleviate. So emotions are energy in motion. And I talked about on the past episode, uh, 183, about the four M's of movement, music, mantras, and meditation. And really those four M's, they really do help move your emotions because emotions are energy in motion. And if they aren't in motion, they feel really fucking heavy. There's nothing wrong with feeling depressed. There's nothing wrong with feeling anxious. But it does feel like there's something wrong if we stay anxious and we stay depressed and we stay in a self-loathing or a guilt trip within ourselves, you know, or if we question or just the feelings of being lonely, right? When it's like, I feel alone. 
I'm alone. There's no one here. That's when you get to remind yourself of like, no, I am loved. And one of the best ways <laughs> is is opening up your journal and writing a couple things you're grateful for. And if any of those things involve a person, then picking up the phone and telling them, texting them, being like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm really grateful for you and I love you. Because that is scientifically proven to boost your mood. I had a friend that she would always say, when in doubt, focus out. When in doubt, focus out. Because we get so much sense of purpose when we can focus out and feel like we are spreading a little bit of love, even if we aren't sure how to spread it towards ourselves. Write down things you're grateful for, and if any of those involve a person, text them, tell them, express that gratitude, right? Because we can start to feel better by noticing the world around us. And one of the biggest things and the biggest lies with loneliness is we tell ourselves no one else understands and it's just us. We're the only ones feeling that way. And that's not true either. You're not the only one feeling this way. You're not the only one. You're not, you're not alone. You are not alone. And whenever you find yourself ruminating and thinking over and over, like I'm alone, I'm alone, I'm alone. Start introducing this question And maybe get sticky notes or a dry erase marker, write this on your mirror, write this somewhere where you see it, write it near your, on a sticky note in your, in your car and just write, what do you want instead? What do I want instead? Because we are very good at identifying what we don't want. Naturally, we, there's a pain point. I don't want that, but we have to learn how to flip the coin. We have to learn how to redirect that train of thought. I don't want to be alone. What do I want instead? I want to feel connected. I want healthy relationships. I want connection and intimacy. I want connection. And so when we start to change the languaging of what it is that we want towards what it is that we want instead, for example, like, I don't want to feel sad and depressed. Okay, what do I want instead? I want to feel better. I want to feel myself. I want to feel human again. (laughs) I want to feel alive. I want to feel pleasure. I want to feel joy. I want to feel love. You know, and it's one of the most difficult things in the beginning to self-source your own love, to self-source love. Because, you know, when so much of your love or self-worth or sense of self was dependent on someone else's actions, 100% of our power is in their hands. And all too often when a relationship ends, one of the parties doesn't know who they are because they sacrifice so much of who they are in order to make a relationship work. But without the truth of who we actually are in the relationship, the relationship doesn't work anyways. And so it's like, who was I before this relationship? What did I enjoy doing? And what's difficult with depression is the things that we once enjoyed just don't, we don't, I don't feel anything. Like, you know, there's definitely been times where I'm like, all the things that I've loved, I don't care about right now. And that's a, that's a red flag for us internally because for it to be so an extreme of like, I don't care about anything, you know, it feels true in the moment, but if there were to be even a start or a little bit of motion or a little bit of movement of starting something that you enjoy doing, you would probably do it for a couple minutes or sit down and enjoy it because it was all out and ready. But it's whenever the depressive feelings, it, everything just feels like so much effort. And so that's when you can use these different questions of like, what do I want instead? Or um, what does my best look like? 
That's a really great question. What does my best look like today? Because it helps remove any comparison of comparing yourself to who you once were, comparing yourself to people around you, comparing yourself to people online, right? Let's cut out the comparison. You're human. You're allowed to be feeling what you're feeling. It might not be acceptable because you want to change it where it's like, but that's a really good place to be in. When there's an agitation of, I don't want things to stay the way they are, that agitation helps move us into taking action. We're never going to feel like it. We're never going to feel like going for a walk when we've been in our comfortable clothes and we don't have to. But these are the moments we take ourselves by the hand and we take ourselves for a walk. The same way we would parent a kid, we have to learn how to reparent ourselves. If a kid was telling their parents, like, I'm alone, I'm going to always be alone, I'm depressed, I'm a piece of shit, look at my life, I can't even take care of myself, the parent isn't going to be like, yeah, you're right, you're a piece of shit, if they're a good parent. If they're a good parent, they're going to be like, oh, honey, let me hug you. Let me tell you how worthy and powerful and strong and kind you are. Let me remind you that you're having a hard time and it doesn't have to be a hard life. And oftentimes, if we think about, you know, a parent, a parent goes straight into, let me distract them a little bit with something that they enjoy, right? Let me distract them with this one toy or let me distract them. And sometimes that's a healthy way to do it. It's like, because it changes our focal point. And if you've been listening to this podcast a while, then you know how I feel about the power of our words and how our words cast spells and that our subconscious hears it, the universe hears it. So our words matter, you know, and our thoughts are what is the step that happens before the words, you know, our thoughts matter just as much as the words. Um, and so, you know, are you willing to reparent yourself? Are you willing to have compassion and a call to courage, you know, because that's what it is. It's, it's it's meeting ourselves with, okay, you've been going through a lot and I love you and I understand that you're in pain, right? It's, it's learning how to create a higher voice, uh, a parenting voice, the inner wise woman that I know is within every single woman. The wise woman that knows the best advice to give to her friend, but it's hard to, you know, take that advice ourselves. So are you willing to parent yourself? Willing to take your own hand? to guide yourself, even if there's a part of you that's like, I don't want to, but you know, you will feel better after you do it because that is your most important job is allowing yourself to feel better, giving yourself permission to start to heal, to start to feel better and taking one step at a time to alleviate some of that pressure, going for a walk, getting some sunshine, going back to the basics. If you don't journal, I encourage you to start journaling, opening it up and being like, hi world, how are you? What are you feeling? What's going on within you? Like talking to yourself, what is your internal climate, your internal world look like? Because the more we understand our own emotions, the easier it is to process them. Because if we don't understand why the fuck we're upset and we're just, it it creates more anxiety because it's like, why is this happening? And that's when we start to grasp and grab for things outside of us, like, you know, medications or numbing agents or whatever else. But the more you can describe exactly what you're feeling, 
the more emotional intelligence you'll create. Because if you can understand exactly what you're feeling, then the mind starts to sort out and problem solve and cope and look at it like, oh, that's it. Because you might think like, well, I know why I'm sad. It's because of this reason. Okay, but have you sat down and opened your journal and really like investigated with yourself of like, you know, what do I want instead? But really it's holding space for yourself. The same way if one of your best friends was super upset or a child was super upset and they're like, I really need to talk to you because I'm really upset. You would sit down and you would listen and you'd ask questions and then maybe you'd counsel them if they wanted that, but you would hold space for them. And so that's what I'm asking you to do with yourself. Be willing to be with yourself. And that could be really difficult, but light a candle, get yourself a cup of hot coffee or tea or something and open up your journal. Set a five minute timer. It doesn't have to be this big elaborate thing. Five minutes. I know you have time. I know you have time. And just check in check in. Uh, You could DM me on Instagram, an intentions journal prompt. I have an intentions journal prompt and I have a forgiveness journal prompt that I will just DM reply to you for free. Just text me the word intentions or the word forgiveness. And I will send you both for free these journal prompts to help guide putting pen to paper and checking in with yourself because that checking in is what helps create that self-love because you're spending time with yourself before you reach for the food or the TV or the weed or the alcohol or whatever else, whatever else, before you reach for that distraction that will, you know, help you forget what's going on. Let's face it head on just for a moment, just for a moment. Okay. Please just go get some sunshine on your face. If I were to be coaching and counseling myself of how I was feeling just a couple weeks ago, I would be like, just go sit in the sun and say a prayer. Sit in the sun, feel the sun, say a prayer to the sun, say a prayer to the neighbor, say a prayer for the grass to grow, say say a prayer for fucking anything that feels real for you. (laughs) Because you are here for a reason. I don't know what that is, but I know that it's an important reason. And if anything, you're here to experience everything life has to offer. So by experiencing heartbreak, you're experiencing a part of what life has to offer. Is it something pleasurable? No. But guess what? This experience that you have right now is going to positively shape every future experience in your relationships. Because now you know what you don't want. Now you know what those red flags are. And I promise you, things will start to change. You will slowly start to attract different relationships into your life that are healthy, that are beneficial. And it's going to directly reflect the level of self-love you have for yourself. So right now, we're in a season of tender love and care towards ourselves, Not being more harsh to get shit done, but being more tender and understanding. We need to hold our own hand. That maybe your capacity for how much you're able to complete or get done is a lot different than it used to be, but there's still a capacity there and progress is progress. So what's that one thing that you can do today to take care of yourself? How can you grab your own hand? You need to take a shower. You need to make a healthy meal. You need to go to the grocery store to get yourself some healthy food. You know, Do you need to throw away that bottle of alcohol? Like, what is it that you need to create an environment that'll help you feel a little bit better, right? Sometimes it feels like a punishment in the moment, but the feeling that you get afterwards is is relief, you know, hello, exercise. (laughs) Um, So you can do it. I do believe in you. And this is temporary. This is temporary. You are in a transition and staging. You cannot give up on yourself. 
okay? And you can throw a pity party, but no one's coming, okay? One thing that you can do to make yourself feel better, it'll start to create momentum in the direction you want to go, okay? You are loved, you are infinitely supported, and I got your back. And I want you to have your back. You didn't know then what you know now. It had to happen. And I know that's true because it did happen. And we don't argue with what is because we're here to create peace within ourselves, within our relationships, within how we interact with the world, okay? You are loved, you are infinitely supported, you are capable, you are strong, you are resilient, and you can. You can, you can, you can, you can. All right, guys. I'm Kelsey Lowe. You are listening to Joyfully You Podcast. I'm sending you so much love, and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.